Welcome back to The Francisca Show, where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories. I'm Francisca, a singer, composer, and also your host. And today we have a very unique guest by the name of Talia Weinberg, an artist, illustrator, teacher, and entrepreneur. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's so fascinating how you illustrated a children's book. Right. I illustrated, yep, I illustrated a children's book, and it was published through Toro Musora. Toro Musora. And going back, you combined a major with Stern Yeshiva University and a Bachelor's of Fine Arts from the Fashion Institute of Technology. Mm-hmm. Yes, I shaped my major by taking extra classes at FIT, um, and that way I was able to really fine-tune and shape my major so that I could really focus on illustration. Uh huh. So illustration was always your go-to, and that's where always. you wanted to go. Yes, I always wanted to illustrate. Yeah, in some capacity. I wasn't exactly sure how, but I, I always wanted to be some kind of illustrator in some way. So, so tell us how you ended up doing uh, accessories design, and where was that? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, accessories design was actually was based uh, in Rockville, Maryland, uh, right near where where I live. Um, she was uh, she's a woman who ran a handbag uh, accessories um, line. Of, she made leather bags, and she sold them all over the country. Um, she she got her bags in you know all the major magazines, you know, in Style and Vogue, and um, they were always featured there. And I I kind of I was basically her apprentice, and I worked. I worked with her, um, you know, helping with, with uh, um, the marketing and, uh, you know, all the, you know, those day-to-day details, all the nitty-gritty de- details. Um, then I would attend the trade shows with her in Manhattan, and um, I really enjoyed it. I, I really did have a good time, but it was basically it was after college, and I was trying to figure out where did I want to take that illustration, that art degree that I had, and, and where did, did I want to be an illustrator, and what kind of illustrator. So I kind of fell into this accessories design um, you know, the fashion world. And I realized pretty quickly it wasn't really for me. It was a little too cutthroat, very competitive. Um, uh, as much fun as I had, it was, you know, and it was very creative, but it was, um, you know, wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, you know, for for going forward. But it was definitely a fun experience while it lasted. So you realized right away that that wasn't for you. So mm-hmm. Tell us how you go from wanting to be an illustrator to actually publishing your children's, your first book. Um, well, in terms of the illustrating, it's just, um, you know, I I feel like I've always loved art. I've always done art, you know, all through elementary school, middle school, high school. I was always drawing. I mean, you, all of my friends, you know they would you know make fun of me that you know in high school my friend said to me she said she remembers that when we would pass notes to each other you know she I didn't just write a note I would always like illustrate my notes you know even passing notes I would illustrate it you know so um uh you know I've always loved drawing um so that that being said I just I would just I kept at it you know and um early on I would I created some watercolor posters you know for um for children's rooms and nurseries and like with like different um you know, brachos on it and different things like that, or like, you know, tefilos and, um, and I would sell those at boutiques and I would, I sold them on Etsy, um, which is a handmade, you know, website where like people sell their, their handmade and homemade goods and all that. Um, and, um, 
you know, so that was kind of getting me into the illustration world. And then what I, the, the, the biggest thing I did was I joined something called the Society for Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, SCBWI. Um, and that really helped give me some more resources in terms of how to tap into the illustration world, you know, or if someone's looking to be an author, how to tap into the, you know, just the author world, that, that whole world, because it was really unknown to me. Um, and then I, I really just, I networked, um, if I was at the library and I took out a bunch of like children's books, I would, you know, find the books that spoke to me or the illustrations, the styles that I liked. And I just, I just emailed the illustrators. I would just, I would find their email and I would email them and just ask them questions about illustrating books. And that's, that's really what I did. That's how I gathered all my information and research. Um, so that's, that's how it all kind of started. And then, uh, my friend, uh, Viva Warner, um, she's the author of the book that I illustrated. The, the book is called Gila's Gamach. Um, she was looking for an illustrator and, um, we teamed up, we live in the same community and, um, we teamed up and that's when I, that's when I illustrated my first book. That's so fascinating. So a few points I want to touch upon is you saying that you, you used illustrations instead of, you know, writing notes, which reminded me of like, you were the pre-emoji, you know, <laughs> sensation. Um, you know what, it's, it's funny, when I was telling that story, I was thinking, do, do people know that like what passing notes means? You know, I was, I was like a, you know, a girl of the 90s, you know? <laughs> Well, so am I. Like we didn't have our phones in class with us, you know. So I don't, I don't know what it's like in today's day and age. But you know, passing notes. You know, you rip a little piece off of your note, your notepad, and you write a note and you pass it to your friend. So no, but that's where emojis come from because yeah, because you know, you're you, right. You, you're you, right. You don't have text to express what emojis can, and right. and I, I don't use I, I emojis. I wish I could say I, I'm the inventor of the emoji, and that's why I'm on this podcast. <laughs> That'd there cool. you go. There you go. Um, and and the way you were talking, I know before we started this phone call, you told me, before we started this interview, you told me how you don't view yourself as an entrepreneur. And then you're mentioning how you joined this association, how you're doing all the research and reaching out to other people who have created, um, have published their books. And that that those are really the steps entrepreneurs take so that's true you're right you're right I, I should give myself more credit with that yes. um, I really it was just because it was such an interest to me you know that I just delved right into it and I yeah. you know like I think under other circumstances I'd be like I, I'm not illustrating I mean I'm not calling or emailing some random illustrator that I've never met before like that's that's awkward but I, I had like I really had no qualms I just like kind of just jumped right in and I'm like what's the worst that can happen and every illustrator wrote me back they were so nice and they kind of gave me like each one of them gave me different pieces of advice um and it was pretty cool it was really cool just kind of like you know reaching out to some of these cool illustrators <laughs> it's nice to hear that the people you reached out to were you know positive and and responded mm -hmm. well to your reaching out it's nice to hear that there's that support network and mm -hmm. I definitely feel that in the music industry as well at least in the Jewish one mm -hmm. <laughs> to some yeah. extent yeah Okay, so I'm very glad we discussed that because I'd like to move along onto your adult coloring books, which is also in the book segment. I know you do so many things, and I can't wait to find out more about <laughs> each and everything. But A tell jack us, of all trades. <laughs> yeah, tell us about your adult coloring books. 
So, um, so there, it's actually not a book, um, not yet at least, although my friend was just telling me um, that I should turn it into a book. Um, but I create um, adult coloring book, adult style coloring books, like, you know, like Secret Garden, like that type, like with like a lot of detail, a lot of, you know, flowy, you know, design stuff. Um, and I create these huge murals. It's basically a giant coloring uh, mural um, that you can hang on a wall and everybody can come and color on it. Um, so it's kind of like a big communal coloring page. Um, and um, it's, it's really just, it's, it's for um, events or celebrations. Uh, um, our biggest one was um, back for Hanukkah. That was our first run, and um, that was that was pretty cool. Everyone was ordering it for like you know if the sh- if their shul had a Hanukkah party or if people were having their own personal Hanukkah parties, they would um, hang it up on a wall or they would lay it out on the table, and kids or adults or you know anyone anyone of any age could come and just color you know they would color it in. And it was just like this, it just kind of was very unifying. Um, and it was really cool to see, um, people posting their pictures of coloring it in at their, at their events or their parties. And, you know, to see, you know, a three-year-old, you know, scribbling on it and then seeing a 96-year-old woman coloring on it, you know, it was really, really neat to see that. And I just feel like it's really, um, it's, it's a fun activity at events. Um, it's unifying because everyone's kind of coloring together and, you know, just enjoying it and kind of collaborating together on which colors are they choosing for this and that. Um, also letting things go, you know, if someone's coloring, it's color you didn't want them to color. It's like, well, too bad, you know, this is for everybody, you know? So, um, so we did one for Hanukkah. Was that this past Hanukkah? Yeah, this past Hanukkah. Wow. Um, and then, um, we just ran the ones for Purim. We sold a bunch of Purim ones for a lot of Purim parties and Megillah readings. And what's really nice also with these is that it's, um, it keeps kids, you know, really, Occupy. really involved and just really engaged in, in a creative activity um, without, you know, any running around or wildness. You know, they really, it does center them. It really is amazing to see. Um, so we did one for Purim. And, and it's also cool that, like, you know, it, 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 um, it's really cool for schools also, you know, they hang it up on a bulletin board. They are bulletin board style. Um, and that's the size and you hang it on a bulletin board. So, um, a middle school ordered one and they colored on it for Hanukkah and, you know, and then it's just, yeah, it's, it's been fun. So I just actually finished, um, an Israel at 70 coloring page. Um, so that's going to be, um, hitting the website soon. So people can start ordering for Yom Hatzma'ut. And, you know, lots of schools and JCCs and synagogues, you know, that's that's really the target audience for these kinds of things. Wow, that's so unifying. What a way to be innovative and to recreate something that exists except, you know, 2.0 and then mm-hmm. and then find a way to monetize from this. And yeah. I, I love well, it. Well, you know, it was a happy accident. I'm sorry for interrupting, but it, it the way it all came about yes, was actually completely unintentional. Um, which is kind of funny um, how that happens sometimes. So tell me, tell me about that happy accident. <laughs> um, so I uh, up until up until this past year, I was actually an art teacher at um, one of our local day schools, and um, and the reason I'm not there this year is it was kind of this crazy turn of events. Um, but I we were supposed to move out of town, um, and then that and so I left my job. Um, but before I left my job, my principal said, you know, you're not sure if you're staying, if you're going yet, um, but we need a bulletin board up in the hallway. 
So I said, okay, I'll, I'll come in. I'll quick do something. I, I, I figured I don't think I'm going to be working here. I think we're moving away. So I just need to do something quick and easy for myself. And what's e- quick and easy for me, instead of, you know, cutting and pasting, you know, like with cardboard and construction paper or whatever, what's easy for me is to just, you know, I, I slapped on a big white bulletin board paper. Um, I bought those big jumbo markers, you know, from Staples. You can buy those big poster markers. And I just made this big freehand coloring page design and then I slapped on top of it in blue I slapped on art is awesome you know and that was it and I and that, I called it a day I had a lot of fun drawing the whole thing and what I did was I posted it to social media um and um people were messaging me and they were saying that is so cool where did you buy that and I said oh haha I didn't buy it I made it but you know and jokingly I was like I'll, I'll travel to your school and I'll draw one for you and um it was about a week later, we had some Shabbos company, and someone said to me, one of the people at the Shabbos table, she said, this is such a great idea. I said, yeah, I should travel and, you know, whatever. She's like, don't travel. She's like, you should just get it printed, you know, get it printed large scale and then sell it, you know, sell it all over the country. And um, and I said, well, that's, that's a great idea, but I have no idea how to take it from point A, meaning drawing it. You know, I'm like, you know, whatever, drawing it on a regular piece of paper and then printing it large scale and then selling it all over the country. I'm like, that's cute, but I have no idea how to do that. The person that does know how to do that is my husband, but we're moving away. He's starting a, a, a new job. It's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, well, anyway, the moving away part didn't happen. Um, and my husband was able to... Um, really focus on on this and he's like you know what why don't why don't we just try this and see what happens you know create a hanukkah one um and and i will market it i'll do it i'll do all the marketing i'll find the printer for you i'll do all that and we'll see we'll see where it goes um and and so i drew the the hanukkah sketch i sketched it out you know we tested it out um i scanned it into the computer i turn it into a vector image so it can be printed really really large scale and um and he found the printer who prints that and he, we were able to sell it all over the country. So, I love the story. I love it so, <laughs> so much because, you know, you are your illustrator who worked in a school. You had that perfect platform to have that, you know, happy accident in quotes, which clearly was, you know, a gift from God or something right, like know, that. I, and then I, you happen to be married. Exactly. The fact that, like, that happened and then, like, we didn't move away, which also was a blessing in disguise. You know, at the time we were like, oh my gosh, like our lives, what are we going to do? But we were, you know, and, and um, we were just able to like, just, I, re- I really feel like just to have a positive attitude and be like, okay, let's then let's focus on this. Clearly, like, that's not what we're supposed to be doing right now. Okay, let's, let's see what happens with this. And it really it was really cool to see how it really came about. So it's really hashgacha practice. I can't put it on other way, especially the fact that you had, you know, your business partner, your husband, who is a professional, you know, marketing consultant slash, you know, entrepreneur also, who was there to help, you know, just get the show rolling. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The show going. So my, my classic question I love to ask my artists, my fellow artists, female artists, and fellow Jewish female artists, is is this sustainable? I, have you made this into a business, or is this a hobby? Um, it definitely started off as a hobby, and um, 
when I was creating those posters, you know, for tefillos and, and brachos and all that, um, I was not making much money. I would go to these, like, you know, shulchanic boutiques, you know, sell a couple here and there. Um, and uh, I actually, one of the other things I did was I, I created greeting cards. And I would try to go from, like, Jewish, you know, bookstore to Jewish bookstore and try to sell them. And one thing I'm definitely not, I'm not a saleswoman. So I'd be like, do you, do you want to sell my card? My friend would make fun of me. She'd say, do you want to sell my cards? Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. It's okay. You don't have to. Do you want to buy my cards? It's okay. Never mind. You don't have to buy my cards. You know, I would just. So I actually, again, did a ton of research and I found a national distributor and he took it off my hands and he, he sells them all for me also. So, you know, I, but I, you know, I get a very small little royalties check, you know, nothing huge, nothing that you can live off of at all. Um, so it definitely started out as a hobby, but I just kept at it. Um, I was an art teacher at an elementary school for five years. Um, and you know, so teaching art, I do love to teach art. I would also teach art. I still do teach art on Sunday mornings to kids. Um, I've expanded to teaching art to women on Monday nights. Um, and I find that with, all of my little freelance projects, I'm able to actually, I've been able to turn it into a, um, a career. And that's, that's where I'm at right now. Um, between teaching, you know, group classes out of my home, teaching the women's class on Monday nights. Um, and also I do what's called paint nights. If anyone's familiar with paint nights where I go, I provide the canvases, the paintbrushes, the paints, and I have a painting on display and I, teach everybody step-by-step step how to create that painting that I have on display. Um, and that's, that's also my, another, you know, art business that I have. I feel very um, connected to what you're saying, how you had all these little different things that are sort of connected, but they're all separate businesses in a way, and they're all separate things. And you somehow are able to, you know, put them all under one brand name and combine them into one you know, one little bundle company, well, not so little, but it's, mm -hmm. it's incredible how you've been able to do that because I'm working on it and I do feel like I'm spread out everywhere with the podcast and my albums and my producing and my music videos and there's just mentoring potentially. <laughs> there's mm -hmm. just so much involved, but I, I love how you were able to, you know, wrap it up in a bow and actually make it all part of one business, which is so right. admirable. And I have so much respect for you. And I feel oh, like I have you. so much to learn from you. I know you mentioned the the classes for women. When I looked at your website, it said spa night. Can you tell me why you called it a spa? Because <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was I, like... I called it art spa um, because... Uh, and this was a few years ago I started Art Spa. Um, and the, the name of it came about because I, it was actually when I was teaching elementary, you know, art in the day school. And I was thinking, you know, some of the things, you know, I would create the sample, you know, for the art projects that I would do with the kids. And I was thinking, why is this, why is this only for second graders? Why is this geared for fourth graders? Like, why, you know, how come only, you know, you know, my first through sixth graders can have, like, the greatest time with this project? Why, like... Who says that, that you know, the ageism, you know, on art projects? <laughs> and um, and I thought to myself, how fun would it be to offer a women's art class where it's not, 
you know, where you can, you can go to some of these, you know, art places, you know, in the areas, you know, wherever, all over, um, and take like a specific, like, you know, watercolor class or, or an acrylic painting class. I wanted to just have a, a chilled out, fun, um, creative space where women could come and I introduce a whole plethora of different materials, um, teach them different techniques, different tips and tricks on, and, you know, in different mediums, just everything, um, without the, without the pressure, you know, without like, you know, that you're learning specifically one thing or you have to have previous art experience. Um, I write on my website, no previous art experience is required. Um, it's really just the time because I feel like um, even if someone is not artistically inclined or even if someone, you know, doesn't have a creative bone in their body, I still feel that it is very um, – it's just very cathartic. It's very therapeutic. Um, right. It's very relaxing and meditative. And so that's why we did, I did the spa part. Um, and then the art is because, you know, people come and I also feel that people might think, oh, you know, oil pastels sound kind of cool and that might be really fun to like work with, but I have no idea what I would be doing with oil pastels or how to use them. And I'm not going to do that on my own time. You know, if, if someone's thinking like, okay, you know, on, you know, Tuesday evening, I'm going to sit down and like draw a picture. I feel like a lot of people would be like, well, I have laundry to do, or I have the dishes or, you know, other things get in the way. And this kind of is like a forced carving out me time, you know, where people come and this is their time to just come and have a really, you know, chilled out, nice, creative time with, with other women. You know, we chat, I put music on, I have snacks. (laughs) So it is so beautiful and so brilliant because clearly you have such a passion for the arts and teaching art and and showing how art can be an outlet and uh, therapeutic and healing. And at the same time, because of your passion and selflessness, because you were just doing this with so much love and care, it, it turned into a brilliant business model where it's just, it, it just can't sound more than, 21st century I mean it can't sound (laughs) older than the 21st century because how innovative you know the murals the coloring walls and an art spa which is you know you're you're unintimidating women who would who could potentially find a million excuses why they shouldn't join an art class because you you've made it a completely unintimidating experience to sign up because of that spa word I find that just beyond genius (laughs) I would sign up and I've been to one paint night in my life I don't know why I haven't been to any until that one I took I did a year ago and it was so much fun especially because I don't do activities with my husband and I did that with him and it was such a bonding experience and I would totally do that again yeah it's definitely it's it's a lot of fun and a lot of people who come they've never put a paintbrush to canvas before in their lives. And they, the the funniest is when people come into the room and they see my painting on display and the first thing they look at it and the first thing's out of their mouth is, Oh, I can't paint that. Oh, that's not going to happen. And and then they leave with the painting and they're like, they feel empowered. There's like an empowerment, like, Oh, "Oh, I can do this. If I put, you know, I, I, I always felt like I had the natural talent and I always loved drawing, you know, on my own and, and this and that. Um, so people think like, oh, well, you can only be an artist if like you're born that way. You know, it's a genetic and whatever. It's, it's you know, you have it in you. Um, but I have a, a friend in high school. Um, she had never really 
drawn and she was never really artistically inclined. But in high school, she thought, you know what, I, I want to try my hand at this. I want to learn. And she did. And she went on to go to, I, I forgot which one it was, like Pratt or what, one of those schools, you know, in uh, in Manhattan. And she really went somewhere with her with her art degree. And, um, and it was really cool to see that she really honed her craft. She really like picked up on the skill and like really learned, you know, and she picked up her own style. It was really cool. Um, so it doesn't have to necessarily be like that. It's, you know, that you, you've had it in you all this time or you have this natural talent, you know, you can, you can make it if you, you know, on your own, if you want to. <laughs> and I'm totally with you on that. When parents ask me, you know, if their children need to be, you know, predisposed or pre-talented to start music lessons. And then I tell them, and that's what I truly believe. It's a discipline. And I think I've said it on the show. It's something that one can really develop a skill for with practice and practice and practice. Uh And, um, and I've seen it with my own ears and eyes, (laughs) eyes and ears that, you know, women who are absolutely, absolutely tone deaf are amazing instrumentalists and and they have you know won competitions with their playing and um and they can't sing a song on tune <laughs> so i can't i can't sing for the life of me um i'm good at lip syncing but i cannot <laughs> sing a song and um but i can play i can play the piano by ear so there is something there but it's true i can't sing <laughs> But you, but you could train and you could develop a, a skill. I'm not saying you might win America's Got Talent, but you could definitely, <laughs> right. you could definitely improve it. It's a muscle, and right. and you could learn how to use it and develop it. That's so interesting. That's 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 cool. <laughs> that's how I sell music lessons. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. See, now I want to take music lessons, <laughs> and I want to take art lessons. <laughs> So everything sounds all, you know, blue skies and pretty balloons, but um, are there any challenges you've had to face? And uh, and you did mention that you thought you were leaving and moving, but it didn't happen. But was there anything that, you know, and any challenges or really low points where you were doubting everything you thought you knew and wanted to do with your life? Yeah, um, creatively, sure. creatively speaking. Um, well, we, yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, uh, financially, I feel like right now I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm in a good place, but being, um, either a business owner, you know, on your own or, or freelance artist, you know, which is what I I basically consider myself, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a freelance artist kind of a thing. It's, it's never, it's not like, you know, I'm an accountant, you know, or whatever it is. And I have my steady paycheck. Um, so it's definitely, you know, each month you kind of have to figure out like, you know, okay, we're like, how much money am I bringing in? And, and, you know, how many signups do I have for this and that? How many paint nights am I doing? So, you know, it's definitely, um, you you kind of you kind of have to get a thick skin for that you know in terms of you know it's not a steady paycheck um, but I I feel like I I did that route I you know being a, a teacher I had my steady paycheck and I loved it I loved being a teacher but this kind of just you know I, I opened up a lot more opportunity for me um, but it's not for the faint of heart in terms of you know there there is a certain sense of resiliency that you need to have to be able to you know do something on your own and, and you, you got to kind of be your own, your own boss and your own advocate and really just go get out there and go. And that is very, I feel that that's kind of going against what I, what I, what I am, I feel like. Um, 
like I said before, I'm not a saleswoman. So it's, I'm really pushing, I'm really pushing myself to, you know, to get my, my name out there and my, my, you just my business out there. And it's, it's hard for me um, because it's, I feel like, you know, there's a, there, I, there's a part of me that's like, I have that shy, like kind of like, it's like, I don't know, you know, that, that feeling. Um, but, but I think pushing past that, I think has really helped me grow a lot and, um, and helps help me gain a lot of confidence so that I can do what I do. So I'm so happy you brought up a few of the things you've mentioned just now, because First of all, what I've come to notice, and maybe it's my understanding, um, that entrepreneurs and salespeople are completely two different jobs. And the entrepreneur is the ideas person, the innovator, and the salesperson, you know, if you're a good salesperson, you could sell anything. It's a, it's amazing and it's a blessing when an entrepreneur happens to be a good salesperson, but it's not fair that an entrepreneur is expected to be a good salesperson because... Mm-hmm. Especially you, an artist, and it makes sense that you might be shy and you might not want to promote and sell your products because that, especially when it's your own creation, that's where you're vulnerable. Suddenly you're supposed to put yourself out there and sell your product. Mm-hmm. It makes sense mm-hmm. almost when there are salespeople removed from the actual product and they're the third party and they're vouching for, for something as an outsider, potentially, you know right. what I mean? Right. So that's well. I mean, that's it's yeah. I, I mean, it's very personal. Artwork can be very personal. Um, I remember in college, you know, we had to put all of our artwork up on the wall for everyone to see, and for the professor to go one by one and critique each one in front of everybody and ask everybody, "What's wrong with this? What's wrong with that?" Oh and I remember standing there, and at first I was like so awkward and embarrassed, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, everyone's looking at my artwork, and they're going to critique it," and you know, and uh, and then I just removed myself. I'm like. This, that's not mine. Someone else drew that picture. I just kind of removed myself from, from, you know, taking it personally. Um, and that really helped, you know, with, when, when the critique came around and, and then I was able to take that critique and, and, and not take it personally, but just be like, okay, I got to fix this. I got to add that. I got to, you know, whatever to really, really work on it. Um, but I think for a lot of artists, it's very hard to, you know, to sell your own work or to write, to have that sales part of it. Um, but I think that also in today's day and age, you know, there are so many, there are agents and there are managers and there are so many people that, that, you know, you could find out there that would help, help you on the, in that way, you know, if, if it's, if it doesn't come naturally to you. So you already started answering my next question, which was, um, which was going to be, you know, do you have any advice or pieces of wisdom for, you know, <laughs> women out there who are trying to translate and transform their art into business what what else can you share with us in terms of your experience and expertise um i think um i mean this is so cliche you know when everyone's like don't give up (laughs) always keep at it but i really do feel that um that there is something to that. Like if there's something you really want or there's something you really, you know, like you really, you know, especially in the creative world, you know, that you really have a gift, you have a talent and you want to share it with the, with the rest of the world. Um, 
um, to just keep at it and just, you know, try every opportunity. Um, you know, like we said, happy accident or hashgacha pratis, you never know, you know, what happens. I mean, we were all set to, you know, move away and I left my job. And so I, I went in real fast to like slap on a quick bulletin board and instead we didn't move away. Um, I still left my job, but then turned that quick slap of a bulletin board into, a, a business. Um, so that, that was pretty cool. So I think that just really take every opportunity. And with that being said, um, have no shame and just, you know, like in whatever field you're in to just, you know, um, tap into like that and, and just, you know, call or email, you know, the professionals in that industry, um, join whatever society or association is, is with that industry. Um, and and really just yeah research research uh, you know I would I would go into the children's book section even before I had kids and just pour over all of those children's books just to see what style spoke to me which style matched my style and and you know just really doing it that way you know really just keeping at it and then you know drawing on my own and practicing on my own and you know doing my watercolor posters and watercolor paintings and um, I used to do the cartoon for um, the OU website their um, their Jewish life channel Uh, my friend was the advice columnist and I was the cartoonist for her advice column (laughs) so um, so that was you know a weekly gig and I used to just you know every week I I drew my cartoons and, and, and it was a gig it was my weekly gig but it still you know, each week I felt like I, I could see my the improvement of my of my work, you know, my drawings. I felt like I saw the, you know, so as, as we, you know, as you keep going and like you said, practice, practice, you know, then you will see that you'll just get better and, you know, doing the research and calling and emailing and yeah, networking is, is really a, a big, big component. Networking. Very true. Very, very true. So I know you said don't give up and that's your number one cliche advice (laughs) but are there situations where you should tell someone to give up or one should tell themselves him or herself that it's time to give up because not everyone's as talented as you and not everyone can monetize their art um you know i i i would say it's not about like giving up and throwing in the towel and being like, well, forget it. Like, that's it. You know, I'm just whatever. But I will say that, you know, I have definitely had jobs where I was a secretary and I was um, a teacher's aide, you know, in a, in a, in a school, you know, it had nothing to do with art, nothing. Um, But, but I, I still had it. I still had in the back of my mind that I, I, you know, eventually wanted to do something. And even if at those times I had nothing else going on, or I couldn't even figure out what I wanted to do with my creative side, with my talents, with my art, I had no idea. But, but you know, it, so it's still there. But it's just, you know, yeah, there are times when someone might have to be like, okay, well, I, I, I need a job. I need a steady paycheck. Like, that's not for me right now. So you take that secretarial job or you take the teacher's assistant or whatever it is. Those were my, my two examples. Um, and, um, and, and you just kind of, whatever it is, you know, practice the drawings or writing the music or writing your, your novel on the side, you know, or whatever it is, or at night. And, and so you kind of keep at it in that way. But you're not you're not really throwing in the towel, but you're just kind of kind of keeping it on the on the back burner on the low. and you know on the down low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
but you know, like because you know, yeah, life happens. I mean, like I said, so I, I was I was a secretary and I was you know a teacher's aide, and and then I had you know my kids, and you know these things do you know you Take know life life happens. <laughs> I know you mentioned how you wanted to express your desire and passion for women or people in general to pursue their passion and to pursue their their artistic side of them. So can you expand on that more and share that message? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that... that um people don't give themselves enough credit, you know, like when I do these paint nights and it brings these people out who've never, who've never done paintings before, you know, and they just, um, I think people really are yearning for some kind of creative something, even if they've never, they don't feel that they have it in them. You know, I do feel that, um, you know, I think that if they just kind of put that toe in the water, you know, they'll see that they can jump right in and really have a great time. Um, I, I did a paint night uh, a couple months ago and someone came and this was, you know, one of my classic examples of someone who's never touched a paintbrush to a canvas before. And she just had the best time. She just had such a great time um, that she called me up and she said, when are you running your next session of art spa? Cause I finished um, my, my class, my last class was um, last Monday night. And she said, when are you starting up again? She said, because I just had so much fun and I would love to continue that. And she said, and since that paint night, she went on vacation and she said, usually she lies at the beach and she reads. Um, but this time around, she went to Michael's, picked up a pad of paper and some watercolor pencils, and she just sketched at the beach. This is a woman who's in her 60s and has never done any of that stuff before in her life. So it, it's just, I think that if people just kind of like, you know, try one little thing, and you never know how, you know, what it can grow into or, or what, what's what it can ignite inside of you. <laughs> so I know you're giving all the credit to that lady, but I'm 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 seeing you. I'm saying that she likes you, she liked the experience she had with you and that she wanted to do that again and have that experience. Because if someone Aww, goes somewhere <laughs> and, and has a terrible art class, I doubt they're gonna want to paint pick up a paintbrush you know, the next day and start again. So <laughs> I, well, that's sweet. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And I'm I'm thinking like maybe we should collaborate and do some sort of night together where women could get live music and paint night at the same time. That could be super interesting and cool. Oh, that would be fun. Yes. Yeah. I I, I, I you know, I and the thing is that I'm I I feel like I'm not done yet. I still have so many more ideas to do with art and what can be done with with art, you know, like I feel like I'm just reaching the tip of the iceberg. Um and it took time to get here. It really did, but you know, um but it's true. I always think like, oh, we could have some like you know, you know, art day, like at a show, like a Yomi Yoon, but like all with creative arts with music and art and dance, you know, and I always have all these fun ideas in my head. <laughs> well, you took the words out of my mouth because I was going to ask you, what are you working on next? And what are your aspirations? <laughs> and what do you see yourself doing what, in five years? Next? Yeah, well, I, I definitely, you know, I, I was able to illustrate that, that one book, and I'm very grateful that I had that opportunity. Um, I would love to to try my hand at that again and continue that. Um, I did realize um, when I was illustrating it, and it could be that I was also working my day job and had a newborn at the time, but um, so it was, it was quite the challenge. Um, so, you know, at a different point in my life, I would like to try um, getting back into book illustrating, which is really, I feel like, 
really what I set out to do when I, you know, back in college. That was like, you know, my, my number one, you know, goal. Um, and, um, and then on the other side of it, that I love teaching art and I love teaching, like I said, all ages. Um, so to have some kind of art studio would be so fun for me, you know, like one of those places that you go to and you get to take all the different art classes, there are paint nights, there's workshops, you know, and, um, that, that's, that's a cool dream for me also. (laughs) You're just so contagious because I hear you talking about all these things and, and I'm just so excited about all the things you're talking about for you. (laughs) And I'm, and I'm thinking, yeah, an art studio, that just sounds perfect. And almost like I'm playing doll in my head or in a house and, and you're just, you're, you're, you're painting the way you speak. You're an illustrator in, in words as well. And maybe you should pursue <laughs> writing too. But so I have pictures my, my in my head. Me. They, said, they said to me that I, I you know, I, I talk in cartoon. Like the way I like describe like yes. my life or this or that or some experience. You know, I Maybe that's why I said dolls. I think in cartoon, because, I speak in cartoon. So. Yeah, I guess dolls are, you know, animated people in, in, right. in a physical form. So, um... This was so much fun speaking with you, and and it was so nice having you on the show. Can you tell um, our audience and people who are listening today how to find your your work and how they can reach you to hire you for an event or where they can buy your coloring on the wall murals? Would you like sure. to? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my my website where I. Um, I list all of my art classes if you do live in the Silver Spring area um, and where I also advertise for my paint nights, which I do for, uh, you know, basically like, you know, Silver Spring, Greater Washington, Baltimore area. Um, so that's my, it's, my website is Talia with a Y, T-A-L-Y-A, Weinberg, W-E-I-N-B-E-R-G.com. So it's TaliaWeinberg.com. Um, so those are where all the art classes and paint nights are. And then Coloring on the Wall um, is the name of the business and it's pretty straightforward. It's coloring on the wall.com. And that's where you can buy all of the different coloring pages. You can, you know, Hanukkah, Purim. Um, I do, I do, uh, custom pieces. I just finished creating a custom piece for the 250th anniversary of the Spanish Portuguese synagogue in Montreal, Quebec. Um, and so I just finished that. I did placemats for our local pizza shop. So he's got placemats for all the kids to color on while they're waiting for their pizza. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I would love to talk to anyone that wants, you know, a custom order or this or that, or their local pizza shop wants some placemats. Um, so that, that, all that information is on coloringonthewall.com. No jobs too big, too small, too, <laughs> too you know, little in terms of like yeah. placemats. But you're everywhere. Yeah. You're everywhere and no opportunity is going away without you putting your stamp on it (laughs) that's yeah that's that that's my goal for this year I figured I'm not I'm not teaching this year because of the course of events which you know you were saying in terms of like the you know being down and out like that was definitely a down point for us my husband and I were like what is going on in our lives and it was it was you know like you're right it it wasn't all happy you know everything's you know flowers and sunshine and rainbows it was very it was a very trying time um, but we were able to just put one foot in front of the other and focus on the present and just keep going. So wow, you're a living example of, you know, w- allowing some doors to close just for the other doors to open and being open and receptive for that to happen and to happen with so much grace. 
So I'm rooting for you and I'm so excited about you. I really hope to come to one of your events. And, uh, you know, my head's spinning with ideas. So <laughs> I <laughs> might come back. Well, collaborate. To- <laughs> I love it. I love collaborating with other artists. Me too. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to the Francisca Show podcast episode. Please make sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or any other way you get your podcast. Make sure to tune in next time.